Am I doing things I need to be doing to lead others more effectively? And if the answer is yes, double down. If the answer is no, I got to cut that out of my life and replace that with activities that are going to lead me in the direction I want to go. Welcome to the King's Code Podcast. Man, listen, I'm excited for this episode. This is the King's Code Podcast. We have a man in this episode that is not just an influencer, not just you know a guy who's constantly putting out good shit out there, but he's a father. He's a businessman. And he has the number one podcast for men. I'm claiming it in this podcast, one of the top <laughs> podcasts for men. Order I'll take man. it. So, man, listen, welcome. Hey, man, I'll take it Ryan however Reckler I can get it. To the King's Code Podcast. Two, Two claps. Next level. Yes. Next level. Good Let's to see go. you, brother. Hey, we've been following each other for a long time, so honored to be able to finally make this happen after years of being connected digitally through the interwebs. Uh, yeah, man, this is going to be a cool conversation. Isn't it crazy, man? Like, I look back at my career, you know, and when I started entrepreneurship 20 years ago, like, if I wanted to connect with men, I had to... I had to travel around the fucking world. I had to go to conferences. I had to fucking hit people up. Now, with the internet and with social media, man, we just, we're connected, man. It's, I, I truly believe that yeah. social media has, has created such a massive opportunity for men to connect and for people to connect that, listen, you and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for these platforms, right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because you hear a lot of people talk about social media being fake and not real. And look, I understand what they're saying, but at the same time, connections like this happen, I've had countless interactions, as I'm sure you have as well, where, where somebody will come up to me while I'm eating dinner with my family and say something like, hey, man, I've been listening to your podcast and uh, I've, I've been improving my marriage. Or, you know, I had a guy come up and say, man, I was going to kill myself. And I started listening to the podcast and I just wanted to let you know that you kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit. I'm like, dang. All that, through this fake that, thing of social media. Come on now. This ain't fake. This, that, that makes everything worthwhile, man. That makes everything yes. worthwhile. So, you know, when, when I listen to people and, and people ask me all the time, Raul, how did you put your content out there? How did you do this? Listen, I just started by, you know, talking about the shit that I was going through, you know, and, and, I, and I saw a video, I don't know if it was a video or a blog that you posted saying it, that, that it took you seven years to do what you did. Like it was, it was constant work. It wasn't just one episode, you know, two episodes, seven fucking years of putting out work, putting out your, your message out there. Until now, you have people, you know, coming out to you saying, thank you for, for putting the work. Yeah, it's been a long journey, man. I, I wish I could say it took me two years or seven months, but I'm in this thing. It took me seven years to get where I'm at. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing what the next seven years hold. Because right now, you know, we may have that linear growth, but we're starting to hit that exponential curve. And so the next seven years to double what I've done up to this point is going to take me seven months, right? Exactly. It's and so you lot, start, it's and then it's seven days. Right? And it's going to be exactly. fucking effortless because, you know, here's here's what I see with guys like you and, and guys who constantly are putting out work is that we're just getting better. We're just getting started. Like, this is just the beginning. That's why I'm so excited, you know, when, when people tell me about, you know, these new platforms like TikTok and all that shit. Listen, I'm not trying to be a new, the new TikTok, you know, fad. I'm not trying to be the new YouTuber. I'm just constantly putting out content, just like I see with you, constantly putting out content, putting out the reps, because that's what it means, putting out the reps and making sure that, that we're getting sharper. So, so but take us back, Ryan. Talk, talk to us about where were you before you started your, 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 uh, your podcast, before you started doing what you're doing now, and then we'll get a little bit into like what you're currently doing. But where were you? What, what was your life like before? 
Yeah. I mean, most, most people at this point obviously know me for the order of man podcast, but I actually had another podcast before this one called wealth anatomy. Mm-hmm. And so I was very focused on giving uh, financial advice to medical professionals. Cause my background is financial advice, financial services. So I, I love the medium of podcasting immediately. I know you're just getting started with the podcast and obviously you have ability to communicate effectively with people and you're dynamic. And, and I just found just, just something special about it, but I didn't want to have that conversation. I wanted to have a conversation about not telling other people to do what to do, other men, what to do, but like, how could I have conversations with powerful men that I was inspired by? Mm. I know I'll start a podcast and I'll get some free one-to-one coaching from these guys and I'll air it live uh, and other people will benefit from it. And you know, I'm not guilty necessarily, but I feel sometimes a little guilty because I'm the biggest beneficiary of the information that we're receiving. I was in a dark place. You know, my business was failing. Uh, my, my, my marriage wasn't great. I didn't have a great relationship with my children. I was overweight. And I just, I decided I'm going to go on this journey. I'm going to go on this path and I'm going to bring other people along and look where we are seven years later, man. We've impacted hundreds of thousands, if not millions of men at this point. So, so you use the podcast as a therapy session, right? <laughs> you were like, oh, listen, for me, I, I want like to give some man. therapy and I want to, I'm going to put it out there. And I remember when I started putting content out there because I've been putting content since 2013. That was my, actually, I think I started Facebook in 2013. So around those, those, those years. I, my first couple mm-hmm. of videos, I was just, you know, talking about my struggles, right? Talking about, you know, what I was going through. But I, at that point, I was, I had a real estate company. My biggest fear was like, what are my clients going to think? You know, what are my clients going to think? Oh, he's going through depression. He's he's going through, through he lost his edge. You know, what are my clients going to think? Did that come to you at one point? Like, shit, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm airing out my pain. I'm airing out my, my struggle. You know, what are people going to think? How did you overcome that? Because I know that stops a lot of men, a lot of people out there not sharing their message, the thought of what are people going to think? How, yeah. How I mean, the pain of that? where I was and the, sure. The, the, the struggle with what I was dealing with at that point was greater than worrying about what people thought of me, you know? And I, I was such an, in such a dark place that I just didn't care anymore. And it was solidified fairly early, you know, for every one message I'd get that says, you know, you're a, you're a jerk or you're a loser or whatever. You know, I'd get a hundred messages that were like, man, I'm feeling the same thing. I'm struggling in that area too. And I'm like, got it. Hmm. Like, this is something that people need. This is something that men are dealing with, but don't have any outlets for it. So yeah, I was in such a dark place that I just didn't care. And then it was validated fairly quickly Hmm. by other people who were in the same spot I was. And I still get messages like that, just like you do. Oh, what, what are you doing? You're an idiot. You're a fool. But again, the, the messages that I receive from people that are positive about the work we're doing far outweigh anything that somebody negative might say. So I'll tell you a, a story. When I started, I started putting Facebook ads on, um, on, on Instagram. And actually, it was only Facebook back then. And it was, I had a video called the, uh, the, um, the Struggle of the Entrepreneur, The Life of the Entrepreneur. That's what mm. it was, right? And I talked about the life, the struggle of the life of the entrepreneur. We all you know, want to achieve things, but then... And we lose the edge. We go into depression. We we climb the ladder, and then we are not satisfied, right? I used to get so much fucking hate on that message, man. Every single day, oh. people will come in, but I didn't know how to handle hate because I'm coming in from like the the real estate world when you actually meet people face to face, right? We go to an event, and you you know you talk shit to people right in front of your face, right? So I'm thinking That's these right. guys are real. I'm thinking you know there's a a real guy on the other side. So I'm 
I'm replying to every negative message, Ryan. Every time, every night I'm replying, fuck you, you don't know me, or or sending them messages, and Facebook kicked me out eight times out of the platform. <laughs> eight fucking times, man. I've evolved since then, man. I, I, I don't, I handle hate in a different way now. But but I'm pretty sure now, yeah. like, like like with you, was that the same? Like it triggered you at the beginning? Like, you know, you put your heart out oh, there, yeah. you put, you know, you're, you're sending a message, and you have all these trolls coming at you, you know, questioning your, 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 your intentions. Yeah. I used to take everything very, very personally. Uh, when, when guys would leave our programs or courses, I'd, I'd take it as a slight against me personally, or when somebody would say something on, on social media, I'd be like, why are they attacking me? I, I don't, I don't even really at this point use the word hate. I mean, I know there are haters out there, but I think for the most part, these are guys that are really actually struggling mm. Uh, and they're dealing with their own baggage and they don't know how to deal with it. And as opposed to doing the hard work of improving themselves, they're going to try to pick and tear away at other people. And it's unfortunate. And I feel for those guys. Uh, and I'm just going to keep planting my flag. And when somebody decides that they want to come around, I had a negative interaction just earlier today and a guy was being a jerk. And I'm like, look, man, like if you don't want to be here, don't be here. If you want to be here, you're going to be constructive. You choose. And he chose to be negative. So I said, block. When you're ready, like if you ever come back to me and you say, hey, I want to, I'm sorry, I want to come back, man, I welcome you with open arms, but I don't have time for that bullshit. Yeah. You, you got to protect your energy. Uh, and what I, what I tell my guys is like, we only have so much amount of energy uh, in, our, in, our, in our day. And if we constantly focusing on, on every single battle that's out there, we're going to be fucking drained. You know, we got to yes. choose our energy. We got to choose the way that we operate, you know? So I know that you're big with, with um, you know, being the... You know, having not this persona of 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 the masculine, the toxic masculine, but more of a how to fucking be a man. I think a lot of us we forget that is a choice in a daily basis. That just because you you know you have a pair of balls on doesn't make you a man. It makes you a male, but doesn't make you a man, right? And now, especially now in this world, that we don't even know who the fuck is what, right? They, this, and and everything, right? So now, it, more important than ever. Like we need to start defining what is the role for the the leader in the family. What's the role for a man? So you know, based on your experience, what how how are you able to kind of choose every single day how you're gonna show up every single single day to lead your family? What's the thought process that you take well, yourself through? I I know that you work really well under frameworks and you're teaching lessons and frameworks and concepts and ideas. I actually do something very similar for myself, and if I have a framework by which I can measure my performance and my actions and then measured against ideally who I want to be, that helps me. That keeps me on the path. So what I say, and I really appreciate you bringing up the concept of maleness versus manliness. There's a difference. Uh, but when it comes to being a man, that's somebody who's protecting, providing, and presiding hmm. over themselves over their family members and their loved ones, and even over people who can't do it for themselves. And so when I look at, at my actions for better or worse throughout the day, I can always go back and ask myself, am I becoming better as a protector? Am I, am I becoming more proficient as a, a provider? Am I doing things I need to be doing to lead others more effectively? And if the answer is yes, double down. If the answer is no, I got to cut that out of my life and replace that with activities that are going to lead me in the direction I want to go. Yeah, and I think it's more when it comes down to self-awareness of the shit that we need to be doing. Uh, and a lot of men that I that I talk to, they're in a place of 
of um, of a trance. They're in what we call the drift. One of the books that I recommend all the time, I don't know if you read this, is the Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Mm. Uh, it yeah. talks about men are in a drift, right? They're, they're drifting through life. They're consumed by fear. And and I was talking to my son actually this week. We're going through, um, he's, he's, he's having his uh, driver's license. Um, he's going for his test, right? He's 16 years old. So last night actually we sat down for a two-hour um, class on Zoom on how to drive, right? And 80% mm. of that content, Ryan, was negative. Was like, you, you know, your son is gonna crash, teenagers, you know, are drinking, all this, all this negative shit, right? So at the end of the conversation, him and I looking at each other like, fuck, like, I'm not, I can't wait for Elon Musk to develop the cars that self-driving because I've, I feel safe that way. But, I, you know, based <laughs> on this training, you're gonna crash. <laughs> 80% is negative, right? So now my job is to help him realize that he doesn't have to be an statistic. He doesn't have to be part of the 70% teenagers who crash or drink or do all the crazy shit. That he could choose to be the 1% or the 2% that actually lead. Right? But that's a choice. Mm. The same thing with us as men. It's a choice to operate at a high intensity. It's a choice to operate as a, as a leader. So, you know, in the framework that, you, that you've given us, it's beautiful to, to start looking at self-awareness. What are some of the challenges that you've gone through that you could share with the audience about? Like, man, there's times where like, I didn't fucking want to show up. I didn't fucking want to be the, the order of man. I didn't want to be Ryan the leader. I just want to be, you know, Ryan the, the guy who just fucking chills and just, you know, doesn't do anything. How do you over make that choice? Yeah, that's every day. Like every day I can hear my kids. My kid, we homeschool. My wife and I homeschool our children. I've got 50 acres out here. I live in rural Maine. I moved out here partially because I wanted to be left alone and I wanted to be in a rural area and I want to just raise my family. And then there's this dichotomy of that and wanting to be front facing and lead this movement and serve other people. And what I've, what I've realized is that those things don't have to come at odds with each mm -hmm. other. You know, when I, when I lead other men or I'm striving to serve them in some way, I communicate that with my wife and kids. So they look at me and they think, man, dad wants to serve people. Dad wants to make the world a better place. And it isn't all about me as the kid. Dad's got activities and calls and other things that are important to him. Um, yeah, I sometimes I wish I could just kind of slink away into obscurity, but I don't know if it's a soul thing. Like that's just not in my soul. I see people hurting. I see people struggling. And, uh, you know, I balance it by taking care of myself. I carve out time every single day to work out. Um, I train a lot of jujitsu. That's important to me. Um, I read a lot of books. I consume a lot of information. Uh, so I carve out time for myself, but that's all so that I can be a better servant yeah. for my kids, for my wife, for the people I'm trying to lead. It's purpose. It's purpose, right? And, and that's what a lot of men are lacking. That's why they go through a, a drift because they, they forgot why. They forgot why they do the shit that they do. They, they forgot why they're operating at, at, at that level. And, and when I went through, a, you know, as you're telling your story about your kids and, and why you do what you do, I remember a dark time that I was going through. I was drinking every single night. Uh, and I remember the, the day that I made the choice to snap out of my drift is when I woke up in the couch, I looked at my son, and my son was looking down at me. He was five years old, and he looked at me, and I saw his eyes. And for the first time, I saw how, like, how he would see me when he's 21, mm. 22. Like, I didn't want him to know that version of me. I didn't want him to know his dad being a sedated man, 
just drinking away life. So he didn't have to say anything. He just had to look at me. And I saw that, that, that look of worry, the look of disappointment, that look almost of pity. And that's when I said, I got I to gotta get my shit together, man. I got to get my I need to fucking get out of this couch and get my shit together. So ever since then, every single time that I feel like, man, not today, I'm not going to be the edge. <laughs> today, I'm not going to have the edge. Or th today may not be the day that I, that I feel like putting out content or feel like, you know, inspiring people. I go back to that memory and say, like, I don't want my son to know a man that didn't fucking level up every single day. And that fucking drives you, man. That's, that's, the, that's the juice. That's the energy that that we have and that's purpose and and yeah it's man. powerful there's also for me i feel a lot of sense of duty and obligation and commitment you know i know a lot of guys who spout off at the mouth and talk about all the wonderful things they're going to do and then they don't end up doing any of it and not only are they letting people down in their lives but they're letting themselves down and every time you lie to yourself by saying i'm going to work out this morning or i'm going to wake up when my alarm goes off or i'm not going to have a drink or i'm going to have a deep conversation with my wife or I'm going to ask for promotion and you don't do it, a little piece of your soul dies hmm. because there's a disconnect between your words and thoughts and your actions. And when we can get those things in integrity and align those things, man, you become unstoppable. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I, you know, I get people all the time and, and they say, well, of course this shit works for you. Of course, you know, you're the edge and I probably, you probably, you know, you get that all the time. Of course, you're the guy who, the, who does the order of men. You're the leader of the tribe. You're, you know, of course you have to be that way. But what are you, like, tell me what was the moment in your life when you said, fuck it, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to live with integrity. I'm going to fucking double down. I'm going to, I'm going to choose to take on this mantle. Because listen, I, I know how hard it is. Like very few men will ever know the pressure that men like you uh, uh, go through to actually put out that energy out there. So uh, first of all, I know it's not easy. Uh, you, you've been doing this for years. It's not easy. It's, I remember that when I st started putting out events, I will quit, Ryan, every, after every event. I'll tell my wife, this last fucking event that I do, that's it, I'm done. Like, I don't want to fucking train, man. I'm done. I'm going to go back to my real estate company and I'm going to fucking blow this shit up. Like, I'm done. Because I didn't have to do it for the money. Like, I, I, I was making money in real estate. I always knew how to make money. It's the purpose that fucks people up, that we think that, Somehow, like everything has to be connected with money, but then the moment that the energy came through and purpose was driving a different business, the energy shifted. And I heard that little voice every single time, one more event, row, one more event, just one more event. And then, you know, seven years later, man, I'm still putting events that now that voice is louder than the voice in my head that wants to quit all the time. So let's talk about how do you override that voice that tells you I fucking just give up? Yeah. Well, look, I, 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 there's, there's always a voice. It's, it's a voice of moving forward. It's a voice of quitting. And so it's just a matter of which one you pay attention to. Like you talked about, Hey, the voice manifests itself as saying just one more, just do one more event. The voice for me manifests itself when I was in my financial planning practice. And I vividly remember that voice saying to me, whispering quietly, almost, almost to the point where you couldn't hear it, Ryan, you're meant to do something more. Mm -hmm. You're meant to do something more. You're destined for something more. That's what it kept telling me. And look, the money stuff, dude, I make 10 times what I was making doing my financial planning stuff. That stuff all takes care of itself. Those are the externals. You want to improve your marriage. You want to improve your financial situation. You want to improve your life. Fix yourself. Like Fix yourself first. Um, listen to that little voice 
Because the, the voice that's loud is the one that says, you're a loser, you're pathetic, you're not going to amount to anything, you shouldn't do that, that's a waste of time, don't waste your energy, oh, she's a bitch, oh, your boss is an asshole. That's the loud voice. Drown that one out and listen to the little voice that's in the back of your soul that says, hey, maybe you should do something like that. Maybe you should start a podcast. Maybe you should ask for promotion. Maybe you should uh, go pick up a few more clients on the side and start a side business. Maybe you should get into jujitsu. You listen to that voice. That's the voice that's accurate. That's the voice that's true. And then the more you listen to it and then apply it, the louder it becomes. There's no voice anymore. Like it's around me. Hmm. I'm surrounded by, I don't have to listen for anything. When I'm discouraged, I'm like, so what? Yeah, today was a bad day or I had a bad conversation or, you know, maybe somebody was negative. So what? I don't care. Like that's not going to deter me because I've given so much fuel to that voice that was so small initially to begin with. You know, and I think that's where, you know, the, the work that you do is very important, uh, Ryan, because you are that voice for those, that, those men who don't have that voice of purpose. You know, I, I put out a piece of content every day called The Daily Edge. I've been doing it for three years straight, and I send that Daily Edge to my clients. Every single client gets my Daily Edge every morning. So we actually have a, uh, my team puts that in, in, in SoundCloud as well, a Daily Edge podcast. So for three years, I've not missed one, Ryan. Not missed one Amazing. Daily Edge. And, um, and I, get, I, I get messages constantly like, man, listen, I've been, I've been, I've been listening to you every day, just because I want to see the day that you're off. <laughs> I'm like, today's the day mm. this motherfucker's going to be off. Today's the day this motherfucker's going to be off. And I said, and I haven't seen it, right? And my response to that is like, <clears throat> the, the day that I'm off, uh, I know that it's just a matter of time that I go back to the old patterns if I am off. So I purposely, I give myself off moments so I'm not on all the time. Mm. Like I mean, people think, like, like, oh, the road is on 24/7. It's impossible. You know, I give my, I give myself time to have off moments. I just don't let them become off days. I just don't let them become yeah. off weeks, off months, or fucking God forbid, off years. So, uh, and in the morning, I have a process that I that I teach my clients is a morning ritual where I face my darkest fears. Ryan, every single morning, I I, I picture my wife, my kids getting that call saying, hey, they didn't make it from school, they didn't make it, and, and that, you know, most of the time I'm end up in tears, but then I let go of that fear because it's an illusion, right? Because my wife is texting me, I love you, my kids are texting me, you know, can't wait to see you there. So those, it's just perspective, right, of the darkness and the light. So do you, do you have a process that you take yourself when you have the off moments, you, you give yourself the off moments, and how do you take yourself back to have perspective? Yeah, look, I have off moments all the time. And, and what, what, I, what I actually do, what's been therapeutic for me is to share it. <laughs> like when I'm, when, cause I like to share stuff. You know, my wife sometimes says, why do you, why do you share that? It's like, I don't know. It just, it's therapeutic. Like I think somebody could be served by it. It feels good for me to like get it off my chest, even if it's on social media. So I just, I just share it. Um, and, and I don't, I don't pretend like I don't have down days or down moments, like you're saying. I just share it and then I do it anyways. Like that's my mantra. I don't want to go work out. So what? Like, what does that have to do with anything? Hmm. Like what, once I make a commitment to myself or to somebody else, it's in stone. I'll hmm. negotiate that commitment ahead of time. But once I make the commitment, there's no more negotiating. 
And so when I don't want to go work out or I don't, you know, I don't want to do that podcast today, or I don't want to send that message or that email, like that's not even a factor. Cause I made the decision a long time ago that it doesn't matter how I feel. That's what weak people do. You know, is they, is, is they base all of their decisions on how they feel in a given moment. Oh, you know, I'll go work out when I feel like it. Oh yeah. You know, I'll, I'll try to go be intimate when, when I feel like I'm in the mood. Uh, I'll try to grow my business when, you know, the economy's good. Okay. Well, you're never going to do any of that because all of us feel crappy. All of us feel shitty from time to time. And you know how you make yourself feel better is do it when you don't feel good. And then you get done with a workout. Like is anybody in the history of, of the universe ever felt bad about going to do a workout or going to be assertive about, you know, talking with their boss about, what they can do to get a promotion or having that really awkward, uncomfortable conversation that they've been dreading for days or weeks or months or years. Nobody ever felt bad about that. So I try to think about, like you think about projecting momentum mori is the, uh, the concept of thinking about your own demise and your own death. You're thinking about even the people around you that you love. You're projecting yourself into the future. Man, that's such a powerful exercise because what it does is if we reverse engineer it, it allows us to come up with new conclusions on what we should be doing in the moment. 100%. And so when you think about, man, I'm losing my, my, my daughter or my son or my wife, I better cling to them a little tighter. I better spend a little more time. And it causes you to do different things. It's a great exercise. And rewires your mind in a different, in a, in a different way, Ryan, because I'm so grateful. Like I've imagine I've, I've handled the worst shit in the morning and that happens just gravy. Anything that happens is nothing as bad as what you experienced in the morning. But, uh, you know, I'm laughing when you said about the gym because my son and I, we, we just started going, going to the gym this year after COVID. And he's into weights now. So he's bench pressing. Mm. He actually, he's 16 years old. He's like 5'8". Five, uh, five he's a, a small guy like me. And then, but he, he got to bench 200 pounds for the first time. 200 pounds at 16. That's fucking amazing, right? But guess yeah, what? Man, the next solid. day, he was like, oh, I'm sore, dad. I don't want to go to the gym. You know, I bet it's like... I said, just because you did your best yesterday doesn't mean that today you get to have the day off. As a matter right. of fact, like you have to go double down because like, you know, and that's, you know, I was laughing because most people say, oh, I had a great year. I need to get, take this year off. Oh, I had a great day night. No, next day, you know, next week I'm going to take off. You know, fuck that. You have to double down. If you have your best, double down so you come back stronger. You know, that's that's the mentality, well, I think, when we have to start teaching our kids is like, just because you won yesterday doesn't mean that you get to take the day off. As a matter of fact, celebrate your wins, but, but double down and, and, and go even harder because that should be the standard. You know, now is that another standard that we need to, to level up. What's the next benchmark? So I know, how, how, old are your, how old are your kids? I know you have a, a, a podcast too with your son, right? Yeah, so my son and I, my oldest son, he's almost 14 now. Uh, we just started a podcast, so I've got 14, uh, 10, 8, and six year year old. So yeah, we got awesome. a full house, man. But so, so how do how do they, love it? How do you because I know that the, the challenge that I have with my kids, man, is, is a whole, whole different whole different podcast, right? A whole different conversation. But how no do doubt. you manage them to actually like like without being a nag, without being like the, the dad that's fucking pushing them and just how do you hold the space for them to actually choose to follow in your footsteps and create that standard? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I could give you the kindergarten answer and say, you know, be a good example. And and of course, I'm not dismissing that. Like, you should be a good example. That, that's and, a, and you should that's show the foundation. Them. Like, if you're not, if you're telling your kids to do something you're not doing, that's you're full of shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. But you know, there's there's moments where we need to create those opportunities for them as well. And you know, I used to think like my my oldest son. So he's 14 almost. He's he's into powerlifting too. Um, he, he just did his first meet, uh, several months ago. He's got another one coming up next month and I'm really into jujitsu. So I got him into jujitsu. He was coming with me. He was training with me and the men. Uh, and he, you know, he liked it. And then he started training with his friends doing some powerlifting stuff and he fell in love with it. And mm. at first I was disappointed. I'm like, man, you need to do jujitsu with me. And now I'm like, no, nah, you don't need to do that. Like if powerlifting is your thing, then cool. And my job is to foster that. I think a lot of us as men sometimes think that our children need to walk in our exact footsteps. And to some degree they do in, in some cases, but in other cases, we got to let them take a path that may not be our own. And as long as it's a productive path, then we foster it and we nurture it. And so, you know, I might buy my son a new powerlifting belt because I want him to know, man, I got you. Like, if this is your thing, I'm all about it. I'm here to support you. I had a hunt a couple of months ago planned, a big hunt that I've been planning for for a year. And the 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 powerlifting organization came out and said, hey, we're doing this powerlifting meet on this day. It was in the middle of my hunt. I called my buddy up and I said, hey, man, I'm out. Mm. Like, I'm out. I'm not coming to the hunt. He's like, really? We want you there? What? Because my son has a powerlift meet. And when I look back on my life, I'm not going to say, oh, I really wish I would have gone on that hunt. I would have regretted not seeing my son's first powerlifting me. Mm. And he needs to see me there supporting him in the things that are important to him. Although they, I don't like powerlifting. I hate, I hate going to the gym and lifting weights. I'll go do jujitsu any diet day of the week. I don't want to go to the gym and do that stuff, but he loves it. And therefore I love it. And I support him in that. Yeah. I, I think that is so important, man, to just not to, fall into the trap of wanting them to do the things that we want yes right uh, and i and i found myself because listen i i, I told him listen, you need to you need to do a podcast you need to do something he loves to talk ryan this fucking if you think i like to talk this kid talks his ass <laughs> off man so we've been we've been uh putting together a podcast i actually i have a had a podcast at the beginning of his middle school um year uh in the car just like the the, the the phone in the car and we just talked and we had some great times but just creating those magic moments magic moments man. creating those magic moments he will never forget that you left the hunt to go there he will never forget that that you were there for him the for the, on the first the first uh time that he did something so i think that as parents we underestimate you know the um our presence we underestimate the power of our presence we think oh well i, I pay for his stuff I pay for his school. Mm. I pay for it. You know, I, I just pay for it and I'll make it up later. I hear that all the time. I'll make it up to you. I'll make it up. And that shit never, you know, you, you're always going to be in debt because you're constantly making things up and and yeah, choosing, choosing to show up, man. So, I, how man, that's amazing. How, how long you been married? Uh, 18 years this year. Congratulations, crazy. Congratulations. 18 yeah, years. Yeah, man. man. It's awesome. Listen, nowadays, man, that's not a, that's not a small thing, man. My, my <laughs> wife and I, we're going in 20 22 years uh and awesome. if you told Congrats. her she'll tell, she'll tell you the last the last five years have been the best ones the, the first you know 13 years was a struggle you know but the last five years i've got <laughs> yeah, my man. shit together so what we're someone, telling the same story 
what uh, I the challenge that I that I had at the beginning with my wife when I started doing the personal development and, and growth is that she was the complete opposite. She didn't want anything to do with growth. She didn't want anything to do with any any event that I would go to. It was kind of like more of trying to pull teeth and try to convince her that that this is something that we needed. Did you have the same similar challenge, or she was all, always on board from the beginning? Yeah, she's always been supportive. I don't think that's what you're asking, though. Like our women support us, right? And so my wife will support me in what I'm doing. But as far as you know, wanting to read the books that I was reading or listen to the podcast or go to the event or the conference, she's like, I don't want anything to do with that. And this is very similar to the last conversation we had about kids is that I thought in order for her to improve, she needs to do it my way. Mm. And what I've realized over now nearly two decades of being together, that she is on a self-development journey. It just doesn't look the same as mine. Yeah. So my wife is a stay-at-home mom. She's you know housewife. She loves being here. We, we homeschool our children. So she takes care of that. Uh, and so homesteading, growing a garden, canning food, putting together school lessons, beekeeping, this is her jam. And so I was like, well, read this book, listen to this podcast. She's like, ah, I don't want to. But if you put a, a book about preserving green beans, man, she'd be all about it. <laughs> right. And so what I realized is I needed to stop forcing her into the, 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 the trail and the path that I was on and instead honor the path that she was on by supporting that. So when she wants to sit and talk to me about bee colonies and how if a queen dies, then they feed the other one, the Royal jelly and they make a new queen. Like, I don't care. I, I don't like bees. They sting and they hurt. Like I have, I have no joy in bees, but she's excited about it. So I'm excited about it. And I realize her self-development journey is just different it is a self-development journey. It's just different than mine. Mm -hmm. And the more that I support her and her development, the way she wants to do it, the better our marriage has been. And I think that's what I hear from a lot of guys saying, if my wife was on board, if she would support me, then I'll be different. Or if she will grow, then I'll grow myself. But the reality is that if we expect our partners to, um, to do the work with us, that's not self-development. Like self-development is right. you developing yourself. You grow yourself, first. yeah. Otherwise, you want you want you you want a mother. <laughs> I think that's what happens with a lot of men. Like we want mothers. We don't want lovers, right? We want our mother to take care of us, as opposed to just fucking do what you need to do. And eventually, she's either gonna be on board or, or not. But at least you're growing. At least you're doing you. So well, but also you know, like I see my wife, um, my office right now. There's a bunch of snow on the ground, so not doesn't apply right now. But our garden is just right outside the window over here. And so in the middle of the day, I might be doing a podcast or between meetings and I can look out my window and I'll see my wife, you know, dirty and muddy and digging through the dirt and, and these like big frumpy overalls. And I'm like, man, that's sexy, you know, because she's being who she wants to be. And, yeah. and, and I'm creating an environment in a space where she has the potential to do those things. That to me is awesome to see in a woman. And, and that's the, um, the opportunity for you to see what you want to see. Like a lot of us, we create this idea of what women should look like or be like instead of appreciating how beautiful they are. I mean, the queen mentality. My wife my wife has a program now that she calls it the, the, queen, the queen's corner, helping women to mm. become queens again, right? And there's nothing more sexy than a woman who suits that queen energy because the moment that she suits that queen energy is so fucking attractive for a man, you know? And, and that's what creates that polarity 
you know, men are struggling right now because there's no polarity. You know, you go home and you already give everything that you had in your fucking business. You come home and you give your wife and your kids your leftovers. And there is no energy left to create that polarity. So how, how do you create that polarity? I mean, you, I know you have a compound already. You have a compound. You have everything, you know, said. But how do you create that polarity? How do you create those date nights and continue to make, make them exciting? How do you continue that polarity with your wife after 18 years of marriage? Well, look, I'll, I'll give you some counterintuitive advice. So I think anybody listening can, can get some value from this, especially if you've been married for any amount of time, I'd say five years or longer. Um, a lot of times when we get married, I think what we do is we look to the partner for the energy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I know early on in our marriage, I was exhausted with trying to grow my business and trying to build an empire and trying to provide and do all the things that I thought a good husband you know, mm -hmm. should, should be doing. And that's virtuous. If you're doing it wrong, you know, that's, that's something else, but it's so virtuous that you're trying. Yeah. Uh, and, and I was just so drained and I didn't have any energy and I wasn't taking care of myself because I was doing the work and everything else. And so subconsciously what I was asking my wife to do was not only to provide her energy as one person, but also to supply the energy for me now two people hmm. and she's strong. She can do that for a while. She can't do it indefinitely. And so I see a lot of guys who deal with things like, oh, my wife is burned out or we fell out of love. Yeah, man, because you stole all her energy. You expected her to be the woman and the man, and you expected her to, to be your source of energy. She can't be your source of energy. You have to be your own source of energy. And so we don't look to our spouse. We look to activities. We look to our band of brothers. Mm. We look to other hobbies and interests that we have and we go out and we energize ourselves. And then we come back with our own energy supply and she's attracted to that. Cause she's like, oh, he's got energy. Mm. I like that. And then we foster that in our wives. I used to make my wife feel guilty about wanting to spend time with her girlfriends because I wanted her for myself. And in fact, I needed her for myself. And how pathetic was that? And now when she says, hey, Ryan, in fact, last week, She's like, hey, I would, uh, I, I want to go to Texas. One of my girlfriends is, lives down there and she just built a new house and I want to go spend three days with her. Perfect. Go do it. Like, let's buy the plane ticket. We'll put you on first class. We'll fly you down there. You go have a good time. Call me at night. Let me know how the day goes. I'll take care of the kids. We'll do the homeschooling stuff. Everything's good on the home front. Go enjoy it. And she comes back radiant mm -hmm. and energized and enthusiastic because she's going and getting her energy somewhere else, not from me. Hmm. And, and so, so important, so important to let, you know, your, your, your queen develop her own source of energy, especially like me. Like it used to be the same way. I used to be so selfish, like with my wife, wanting her to be with me. The reality is that we all need to create our own energy. You know, I'm constantly, uh, talking about how energy is everything. Money is energy, sex is energy, life is energy. And if you're draining somebody's energy it's because you don't have enough of it, you always live in a scarcity. Yeah. And, uh, and now the, the problem that we have now is that, you know, when, like she's, she's constantly, um, constantly looking to give out her energy as well because she has a, 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 a sisterhood, right? And, and now, right. like we, we both come in, we look, we look at each other like, you have to be a, a whole woman, have to be a whole man, in order for us to continue to come together and, and recharge. But this idea of like, she's my better half, or I'm the better half, and if we believe that, we just half-assing life. We just half-assing our marriage, yeah. right? There's two, two half-assed people, they'll make a whole. So we have to develop right. the same, the, the energy to give, to constantly give and give and give. 
So, so listen, it's been a pleasure having you, man. And I, I want to wrap up this podcast with you. You know, given the the state of of where we are right now with, with men and fear and the whole country right now, as we're recording this podcast, I think we might be going into war. <laughs> we have to. We'll we'll see what happens next week. Uh, what would you advise a man right now that's wow. listening to this podcast and saying, fuck, man, I have a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. I don't even know if I'm a king. I don't even know what my king's code is, man. I just stumbled into this podcast because this crazy fucking guy, you know, got me on YouTube. Like, <laughs> what would you say to the guy to give him some hope that, listen, doesn't matter what happens, whether whether we're going to war, you know, with another country, the reality is that you are at war with yourself every single day. What would be an advice you give him to actually not fall into that fear mentality and 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 become the man he was destined to be you know it's hard to hold two different conflicting thoughts at the same time i mean we should we should entertain conflicting thoughts and ideas that maybe we haven't been exposed to but you can't be fearful and hopeful at the same time like there's moments where i have fear and then i have to replace that with hope and there's moments where I have hope and it's sometimes stripped away by the fear, but you don't hold them both simultaneously. So if you want to have hope and you want to improve your life and get better in all of the facets that we talked about, then you have to have a deliberate system for being able to do that. You know, one of the things I personally do, and I have this by my side all the time is this is my planner. Hmm. So every single morning, probably very similar to what you do with the ritual. I do like the negative visualization you talked about. It's not something I do personally, but I do like that idea is I go into this planner and I write down everything I want to accomplish today. Here's what I want to accomplish. Here's what I'm trying to do. Here's my vision. Here's my theme for the quarter. Like this is like this quarter for me, my theme is truth, being truthful, being honest, sharing what's on my mind with people that are close to me. Um, and I look at this thing every single day and I execute because I can't be afraid when I'm doing the work. And then at the end of the day, I pull this thing out and this is about the end of the day for me. So when you and I are done, I'm wrapping up and I'm going to go spend time with the family. But the first thing I'm going to do before that is I'm going to pull this out and I'm going to look, all right, what did I get done? What did I accomplish? What went well today? What didn't I get done? What didn't I accomplish? How am I going to plan out my day tomorrow to ensure that the things I didn't do today will get done tomorrow? And I start mapping it out the day before. So tomorrow when I come into the office and I wake up and I'm ready to go, I'm like, cool. Like my plan's 80% built. I got to backfill the 20% based on things that may have changed, but it's always forward progress. And I don't have time for fear because I got shit to do. Fucking love it, man. Progress, man. The key here is progress not perfection so many of us we just get caught up in fucking perfection and that's why we never do shit you know that's what we do. we always constantly in process of analysis man so listen thank you for being in this podcast i know that you know your time is precious and and i want to tell anybody who's in this who's listening to this podcast go check out the order of men go check out what ryan is doing because he's putting out energy out there that if if nothing else you get inspired by somebody who's consistently putting in the fucking work consistently will create mastery. So if you listen to this podcast, just, man, our intention for the King's Code podcast is for you to realize that you are a king. You were born for greatness. That fear is just the illusion in your mind of, and the battle that you have right now in the mind is that between the man who you think you are versus the man that you know you could be. And every single day you have to fight that battle, but nobody's gonna do this shit for you. The only one who's in charge is you. So you either level the fuck up or you focus on your excuses, but you can't do both. You can't have excuses and have results. You have to choose every single one, every single day, which one do you want? 
Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate you, brother. Can't wait to see that. Thank you, brother. Thanks what for the, the opportunity. Next seven years going to look like for Order of Man, man. Appreciate it. It's going to be incredible. Likewise. Thank you, brother. If you're ready to find The Edge, go to kingscodebook.com to get the latest copy of my book, The King's Code. This book will help you find the clarity, the certainty, and the purpose that you need in order for you to lead with power. Go to kingscodebook.com and find your code to The Edge now.